Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, tonight I'm going to teach a little bit on right and wrong thinking. You know, it's it's nothing new. I mean, you've heard this before, but we just got to keep a guard, and especially these last days, on our heart and our minds. Put a guard. Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life. So obviously, the enemy wants to inject his thoughts, come on, into your mind so that you, so that you, that's what he does. He does this, and maybe I'm the only one. He'll put a thought in your mind, then blame you for having it. (laughs) You know, I'd be, you'd be driving down the road and a thought pops in. Well, what'd that come from? Where'd that come from? Well, it came from the enemy. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20, uh, yeah, chapter 23. All right. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23. Of course, we don't really have to go there. You already know it. But let's, I want you to actually look at it. Because <clears throat> sometimes this, it's the simple things that, that trip you up. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I know all about the thought life and... But I'm telling you, you're dealing with someone he's been around a long time. The enemy is really slick. In other words, he could put a he could deceive you without you even knowing it. He is slick. Listen, if he can fool, if he put a number on Adam and Eve, think about it. Everything was in perfection. Everything. The weather, the neighbors, it, it, was, it was perfect. But there was one tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. The tree of knowledge, good and evil. And the enemy points to what tree? The one tree... There's thousands of trees there. I mean, thousands. But he got over into Eve's mind and said, there's that one tree in the midst of the garden. Now, if you eat of that tree, you'd be just like God. She was deceived. And saints, she lived in perfection. If he could pull one over on Eve... And Adam, don't think you're so high and mighty that you can't be fooled. We're going to have to have the Word in these last days even more so. It's going to have to be in, in us. Not just up here, but it's going to be in us. It says here, for as he thinks, I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, this is more than just a random thought. This is a thought, and this could be negative or positive. You get something in your mind and you start thinking on it. 
you start dwelling on it. And eventually, that thought becomes an image. Good or bad. And this is what the enemy is so good at. He wants to inject his thoughts in your mind to get you to think on those thoughts, dwell on those thoughts, and start repeating those thoughts. Now it's becoming a meditation. Then all he has to do, listen, all he has to do is to stand back and watch you. You're doing all the work for him. You're repeating what he said, and what he said is a lie. And he, he don't have to do a thing. He just sets, he just sat back and watched you deceive yourself. Now you're deceiving yourself by your words because you took the thought by saying. Right? What's he trying to do? Saints, listen. He wants to steal the word. He wants to steal your identity. He does not want you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. He is constantly bombarding our minds, our thought life, to think just the opposite. In other words, we'll have a thought. Enemy will put a thought in your mind. Well, you know, I'm worthless and I, I really messed up. I keep messing up and I guess God's, you know, God has to be ticked off. God is full of mercy and grace. He has not given up. The Bible says that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And the Amplified Bible says that He goes really in detail. I will not, I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. In other words, God's trying to get a point across, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Actually, I love you so much, I have, I have a dwelling place on the inside of you. A place that that a place where the Holy Spirit, your inward man is so perfect. It is so complete that it will never have to change through eternity. Think of that. That's how good God is. You are, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So don't take his lies. What he wants to do is he wants, he wants. He, he wants you to forget who you are and to take his lie. It's all about thievery, taking your identity, because he knows if he takes your identity, you're not going to complete your destiny. Or else you will, in other words, you'll compromise. Now we see this, turn with me in Numbers, 13, and we'll, we'll see exactly this happening to the children of Israel. God called him to a land of the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a, with, with grapes. I mean, the grapes so big it took a pole with two guys to carry a cluster of grapes. That's some big grapes. They brought back evidence of the land. And there's no doubt in my mind it was Joshua and Caleb carrying the grapes. They're bringing the grapes in, and they're, they're, 
they're having a fun, fun time. Why? Because, listen, I don't, I'm not going to get too much into this, but Joshua and Caleb operated in the spirit of faith. They believed what God said. Now, let's, now I want to really focus in on the ten spies. Because ten spies, let's just pick it up. Um, let's pick it up in verse 30. Let's see, 31, I guess. And it says, But the men who have gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people who are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel an evil, bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies in a land that devoured its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants and descendants of Anak came back or from the giants. We were, now this is the phrase I want you to really listen to. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. Now, Here's the thing. God never said that. God never called any of his people grasshoppers. So where did they get this term grasshoppers? This is a flat out lie. This is what God said. And you actually it's in Exodus and it's in Deut- I'm reading now Deuteronomy. I got this down. Deuteronomy 7, 6. This is what God says about His people. He says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for Himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Now, did you, did you hear anything about a grasshopper? So what, are you, what can you say? You can say this. Their identity has been stolen. They're no longer thinking that there are special people. They're no longer, no longer thinking that God is with them. They're no longer thinking. They're thinking that they're a grasshopper. Here's what I'm trying to say. Don't think like a grasshopper. We're not grasshoppers. And what happened? The enemy, and they did it to themselves, stowed their destiny. Because now they're believing, now the lie is being spread across the rest of the, the, the people that they're like grasshoppers. I find it very interesting. I did a little Google search on grasshoppers. Do you know that a grasshopper has no ears? Google it. If it's Googled, if it's there, if it's on there, it's got to be true. A grasshopper has no ears. Well, that kind of, I, I, I thought that, I thought about that. I thought, well, that kind of makes sense because they didn't hear a thing God said. 
right? They're, they are like grasshoppers. Didn't hear a thing what God said. Joshua and Caleb heard, and they believed. And they're ready to go at once. They said, we're well able. But the other group said, no, we not be able. We're grasshoppers. Okay, so number one, they're not hearing because they don't have ears. Now, the grasshopper will have that, that what I understand, my understanding of a grasshopper is they feel vibrations. They go by vibration, but they don't hear. And the second thing interesting about a grasshopper, they have five, get this, five eyes. So it's telling me, this grasshopper, this telling me is they can't hear, but boy, they can see. In other words, they don't hear what God's saying, but they can, they're sure focused on the giants with all five eyes. In other words, you know, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, if you're a grasshopper, it's just the opposite. We walk by sight with our five eyes and not by faith because we don't have ears. The thing I'm trying to say is they took on the very thing they said. That image got in them and it robbed them of their identity, who they truly were in Christ, in the Lord. And, it, and the enemy wants to do the same thing to you. He doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny. He does not want you to fulfill what the Lord has, 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 has on your heart. He wants you to give up and act like a grasshopper. Don't think like a grasshopper. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of your identity. Identity theft in this nation is... Is number one. I, I, I believe I could say that. I'm not sure, but it's up there. Theft is big. That's the reason why, one of the reasons why they will push for an ID chip. Oh, they're going to push it. I saw this on the internet. Now, folks, I'm not making this up. Actually, I saw, there's a certain news group I listen to. And I saw it. I saw, I saw it, and, I, and the first thing that went in my mind is I got to see this. It had video and everything. There's a place in Europe. The workers in this company, it's a big company. I, I don't remember the company, but it's a good-sized company. They inject a ID chip in your hand. It goes right in between your the web of your fingers now that's true I, I saw them do it everything is in that chip they log in they log out they go in and they have to buy if they if they want anything out of a vending machine all they have to do is put their hand up and that it it, it takes it out of their account and here's the thing they like it the people like it. Saints, the technology is there. We're, live, we're 
And you see it, they want to do that on a large scale here. They want that vaccine. They want to get a vaccine card for everybody so they can scan it. They, they, they want that. It's coming to that. But anyway, I watched them do it. They, they just they shot, they shot the thing right in their web of their finger, and they, had, they got the chip in it. And this ain't nothing new. This company's had this for years. Give me your heads up, folks. We're in the last of the last. Now, obviously, that's not the mark of the beast, but it's going to be set up on that prototype. They want to do it here. They want, they want, it's in the writing. It's in, it's in, it's in the works. He wants control. The Antichrist wants control. He wants to steal your ID. He wants to steal. Listen, the Bible says, hey, anyone, any, anyone in, uh, any man in Christ is a new creation. <clears throat> Old things pass away. All things become new. That's our, our identity. And the enemy will, will slip in a lie or, or you know, he, he's really good at twisting. Listen, if he challenged Jesus, remember Jesus was baptized in, in Jordan River and God, God's voice came over him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the next thing we know, Jesus goes into the wilderness and there the, he was tempted by the enemy. The very, listen, the temptation was about his identity. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of... See, he heard it. Now's the challenge. So you get a revelation who you are. You're going to be challenged. And you're going to have an answer. There is no such thing as being silent. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. You have to have an answer. Jesus was not silent. He said, it is written... He had an answer. you got to have an answer. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Have an answer. He had to do that two more times. He wants to steal your identity and your destiny. Have an answer. When I was in a, uh, the hospital, oh, and by the way, they did... They did find my brain. There's something there. Um, but the, on, on, in the very first night on recovery, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I woke up and, and I was still asleep. Now, if that makes any sense or not. But I woke up and I was dreaming, I guess. But anyway, I woke up. And everything was black, black. And I heard these words, and I told Joanne about this. <clears throat> the words were, what are you going to do now? It's not working. I heard the words, and I looked around, pitch black. Then I felt fear start to creep in. Anxiety 
start to creep in. See, I have to have an answer. If not, I go into default. If not, that anxiety and fear is going to keep increasing. But I started to quote scriptures. It is written. It is written. Then what, I, then what happened? Peace. I felt peace coming up. Up. I, I guess you could say coming up out of my inward man. Because you got the fruit of the Spirit. You don't drop the fruit of the Spirit. You got it with you all the time. It's in you. It's part of the package deal. But anyway, I started to quote Scripture. And then all of a sudden that peace, peace began to flow. Amen. Then I woke up refreshed. Amen. But I had to have an answer. You just don't want to leave things go and you get in anxiety. Because he's out to steal. The next night, there's another, the, next, the very next night, I woke up. The same thing. But this time, it was more intense. I didn't tell Joanne about this one. I was, it's, it's really strange. I was going forward, but I couldn't stop. You know, when they led Jesus to the brow of the hill, remember, he announced his, his uh, commission. The people actually took him to the brow of the hill, not for sightseeing. I felt like I was going to the top of the hill and I'm about to go off. So what would you do, Pastor Chuck? I started quoting scriptures again. This time, it was more intense. This time, when I woke up, I was sweating. What I'm trying to say is you got to have an answer. This is not dress rehearsal. This is not, well, you know. No, you got to know the Word. There's been times when I, I'd wake up at night not actually quoting Scripture, but it would be a, a, a Scripture in me that I'm speaking, and I have no idea where it's at in the Bible. It doesn't happen very often. Now, what, what are you saying, Pastor What happened is I heard the word preached. That seed got in me. And at that particular time, I needed that word, that scripture. It came up out of me. And I couldn't have told. There's no way. I had no idea where it was at. I had to wake up. When I woke up the next day, I had to actually do a search to find where it was at. But the point I'm trying to, make, trying to make is when you're under the anointing, the teaching, and Pastor Mark, Mark talked about this the other day, I think. When you're under that anointing, that teaching and the preaching of God's word, words are spirit and they are life and they'll, they'll penetrate your heart. And you may not even know it at the time. But there may come a time and the Holy Spirit knows all things. He knows exactly when you need that word. 
And that word came up for me. It's happened several times. Not often, but it happens. 99% of the time, it's going, to be, it's going to be what I put in myself. But there are times. That's the reason why it's important to be under the anointing. When the word's going forth, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's under that. There's something special about it. I can't describe it. When I go on podcasts and stuff, I mean, it's okay. It's just not the same as, as being in the presence. It's just not, you can't beat that. So anyway, I, anyway, hallelujah. The, the devil's out. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 if he had his way, he'd take us all off the planet right now. He doesn't want you around. But he can't do it. So I quote scriptures in his face. is not a thing he can do about it, but back down. Because he's already a defeated foe. We have to remember, we're, we're wrestling. Yeah, it's a spiritual warfare, but he is, the, he is a defeated foe. And the fight is to keep him under our feet. He's always wanting to squirm around, getting a, you know what I mean? You got to keep him under, and that's the fight. The fight is to stand on victory ground and not to give him ground. The Bible says don't give him place. You got to be on your toes. Because he, he'll, he'll come in in a way that is very deceptive. Why? He wants to take ground. He wants to take your identity. Because saints, we're, 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 we're a church on the move. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so you say, okay, Pastor Chuck, okay. What are we supposed to do? Well, turn with... When the enemy comes up with you with thoughts and he's pounding you like waves going into the boat, <clears throat> you're going to have to learn, and it's a learning process, casting those imaginations down. Amen. Turn with me to Second, second uh, Corinthians. Chapter 10. Hallelujah. And we'll start with verse 3. For though, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the, for the weapons of our, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, Casting down arguments, or I, I like the King James, that said, I think it says imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now there's two things he's, talk, he's talking about, and both these things deal with the mind. He says, casting down imaginations... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or against His Word. We are to cast them down. <clears throat> Saints, if, if we don't, the enemy, if, 
the, if, 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 if those thoughts remain in your mind, they become strongholds. It's kind of like, have you ever seen an elephant? This, that ele- the elephant is probably the strongest animal on the earth that walks on four legs. I assume it is, or it's one of the strongest. But have you seen pictures of this huge elephant tied to a little rope, to a little stake? That elephant will not move or tug on that rope. There is a stronghold in that mind of that elephant. When it was a baby, they tied a rope to its leg, to a stake, was real, real, a small baby, and as a baby, it would struggle and try to get that, that rope off or that, off the stake, but he couldn't do it. So after a while, he stopped struggling. Now, in that elephant's mind, that rope is stronger than me. I can't break it. But now the elephant is fully grown. Big elephant. But you still got the little rope. What's holding the elephant captive? If he would realize who he really is, his true identity, that rope is nothing but a thread. That stake is nothing. But in its mind, his mind says, I can't do it. I can't do it. His identity is based on a lie. It's not the rope. It's all in the mind. And that's exactly what he tries to do with us. When you, let's say, for instance, you you, you failed. You know, a, a, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up every time. So, so maybe you have fallen. Maybe you've tripped up and the enemy comes. Just give it up. Just give it up because it's not working for you. It's a lie. Just like the lie of that rope, that elephant. It's all a lie. The elephant is more than a match for that. Saints, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. There is nothing. Listen, when God sees you as, a, as an overcomer, God sees you, that's the reason why God will give you a challenge that's bigger than you. He doesn't want you to do it in your strength, but if you'll look to Him and do it in His strength, You'll overcome anything and do anything He calls you to do. Listen, God will call you to do things bigger than yourself. Just get your eyes off self. Listen, if God called me to do this or that, and if it's something I could do, i just do it. Right? But if it's something bigger than me, I'm going to have to rely on Him to give me the strength, the anointing to do it. Hallelujah. 
That's my identity. I'm in Him. So if I'm in Him, I can do all things. There's nothing too tough for God. Now, it may be tough on my flesh, but if I look to Him, I'm a success. That's the reason why God told Joshua to meditate day and night. Why? To get the Word in Him. Joshua, what, you're, what I called you to do is bigger than you. But if you get my word in you, I'll make you a success. It's the word in you. The Bible says we're one with Him. Complete. So we can do all things. The Bible says, to him who believes, all things are possible. So, real quick, I want to talk about three strategies. And I'm not going to go long on this. But three simple strategies that we can do, incorporate. I don't have that much notes. I try to write bigger or type bigger. The first strategy is to replace the enemy's lies with the truth. When the enemy tells you a lie, replace it with the truth. Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 32. Of course, we all know this one too, but I want you to look at it. I'm sorry, what did I say, John? Yeah. I went the wrong direction. Are you there? You're waiting on me, aren't you? Verse 31, it says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth, truth shall make you free. The truth, saints, is not some simple concept. It, the truth is a person. The truth is Jesus. The truth is the Word. It says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you... One translation, it may be the NIV, said, shall set you free. There's a story, Kenneth Hagin, I, I got the book out yesterday called Triumphant Church. If you haven't read the Triumphant Church, I encourage you to read it. Anyway, in, the, in that book, Kenneth Hagin tells a story about his early, his early, um, early days as a pastor. <clears throat> they would have these <clears throat> deliverance uh, services every Saturday night. So, the first, so they kicked it off. They called them, if I, if, if I get this right, they called them deliverance services. So every Saturday night they'd have a deliverance and they'd have manifestations. And he said manifestations, some of the manifestations you don't want to see. Weird. Then after about 90 days, 
it would get old. The excitement would get old, and it wasn't much enthusiasm. So they would, he would change the name of the deliverance services to getting loose. Getting loose service. So they'd have this every Saturday. Well, that kind of waned. So they have getting free services. Now I think one was called double anointing. Double anointing services. That sounds like an interesting one. Every Saturday night, double anointing. Everyone wants a double anointing. But he said it wasn't working. They'd have manifestations, all kinds of manifestations. But as far as the people being set free from habits and whatever is holding them back, it wasn't working. So what Kenneth Hagin did, he went, he prayed and fasted and asked the Lord. He said, this is not working. I, go, I know these people. I go out and visit them. Ha- they got the same problems they always had. And the Lord told him, he said, what you're trying to do in prayer and laying on a hands cannot substitute what my word can do. There's nothing wrong about laying on the hands, but you, you can't substitute it for the word. It's the word that sets you free. It's the word. So he started to teach the word and preach the word. And I get this. He said, in a process of time. In other words, it wasn't overnight. In a process of time. Seed, time, and harvest. The word going forth. The seed going forth. Time for that seed to take root and and to grow. Harvest. It all takes time. And he said, in a process of time... The people were delivered. Other words, put the word first and it'll work. Put the word first and it'll work. It may not be immediately. And and that's another thing he said. He said, people want an instant results. They want just lay hands and that'd be all we need to do. But the Lord says, it's my word. It's the truth that sets you free. I just want a shortcut. Well, you may, you you know, your shortcut, you may be in heaven a little sooner. You get your shortcut. So the first strategy is the word. Replace the enemy's lies with the word. The second strategy, these these are things Joanne and I do. The second strategy for fighting the battle in your mind is to put visual reminders in your house. On your actually I got this written down someplace. Deuteronomy 6 9 says, write them on the doorstep on the doorpost of your house. In other words, put the word. You need healing or some other area of need, 
put those scriptures out in front and put them on the refrigerator. Put them, you know, I, on, in my office, I have a, a, I use sticky notes. And a lot of those sticky notes have scriptures on them. I keep them in front of my eyes. And Joanne used to put them all over the place. I mean, it'd be there, there, there. It's like, you know, the reminders of the Word. The Word works if we'll work the Word, saints. And the third one, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, hallelujah. Verse 8, we'll focus on verse 8, even though for sake of time. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any, anything praiseworthy, now the New King James says, Meditate on these things. The Amplified Bible says in verse, I don't know what verse, it says, fix your minds on them. The NIV says, put them, put them into practice and keep putting them into practice. Verse 9 says, The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these, what? Do. And the God of peace will be with you. other words, do. Put into practice. You know, it's, it's the word, and I heard Kenneth Hagin says years ago, it's the word that you know, and it's the word that you put into practice. That's the word that sets you free. Just knowing it and not doing it won't complete the job. You have to be able to do what he says to do. And then the blessing is on the doing. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Now your heart, and I, I may have mentioned this before, your heart includes your mind also. Your, and one translation says, your affections. You have to guard heart and your heart and your mind. They, they, just, they, they just overlap. Because I guarantee you, if your thinking's all messed up, it's going to affect your actions. It's going to affect what you say. It's like a domino effect. You've got to get the mind straightened out. Your mind has to be renewed. The mind is, is the mind, the, the, you've got the spirit man and you've got the body, and in the middle is your soul. 
That soul, when you were born again, your body never changed, and your soul did not change. Your spirit man changed. The old man was done away with. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. But the soul, saints, listen, your soul is the gate. If that soul is not renewed, it will swing over to the body. Now you got two against one. You got the body and you got your soul working against your spirit man. But if you will take the time and renew your mind to what the word says, that gate will swing over to the spirit side. Now you're in agreement with the new the inward man. Now you can do things. Now listen, now you can bring things into manifestation. Because the spirit and the soul are mashed together. They're one. That's the key for manifestation of the things you want. It's the key. If this soul is not renewed, there's no transformation. Body. But our goal is to have a renewed mind. The Bible says present your body. Romans 12, 1, present yourself to Him. Surrender yourself to Him. That's the first step. You've got to surrender it all. But by ministry, and surrender it all. Push it all up there on the altar. Put it, put it all up there. He wants you first to surrender all. Now, renew your mind. Now, you get a renewed mind, and now you're, you're going to find out the good, acceptable, and a perfect will of God for your life. But, that, but the good, the, 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 but God's will doesn't come automatically. This takes some work. I got, anyway, hallelujah. There's a, you know, we, we keep, you, you got to know your identity. You don't allow the enemy to rob you. Do not allow him to rob you. Kenneth Hagin has a book. I, I encourage you. He has a book called In Him. Some, some of us Reaganites, we know exactly what that is. Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin had a book out. We probably got some in the bookstore maybe called In Him. Well, I couldn't find, we, I know we had them at one time. So I went online and found a P, P, what is that? PDF. A PDF file. And all I did was I Googled it. I'm a Google man. <laughs> I typed in In Him and I got this PDF file. All the scriptures all the scriptures, and this is, this is New King James. I was kind of shocked when I saw yeah, I figured it would be King James. But anyway, all the scriptures in Christ are listed right here. It makes it, it's a lazy way of looking, but it's right there. All these scriptures, they're, they're nuggets, they're gold nuggets. All these scriptures in Him, in Christ, in Him, in the Beloved, in whom... It's all, it's all there. All I have to do is feast. Yeah. 
keep these before my eyes. I encourage you to get yourself a printout. No, you can't have this one. You guys are more computer experts than I am. If I could do it, come on. Amen. Don't think like a grasshopper. Don't allow the enemy to steal who you are. Find these scriptures and go over them and over them and over them. All these scriptures in Christ, in Him. Saints, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if I would have done that when I first got saved, and most of, you, most of everyone here has been saved for a little bit, I made the mistake of not doing that. This is my, this is my attitude. And I remember saying it. That's not that important. I need more meat. I need the deeper things. And it cost me time. I had to, I don't know how much time I wasted, but it could have saved me a lot of time and made me a lot stronger. You've got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, he is still your identity. You've got to stand up for who you are and be able to say it is written. Amen. Amen. Hope you got something. I enjoyed teaching it. I hope you got something. Listen, don't be like the elephant, you know, with the stronghold in its mind. That elephant was more than a match. Saints, you're more than a match to rip and tear down the strongholds. The Bible says, I'll, I'll close with this, but God, according, I think it's in uh, uh, Ephesians six seventeen, we have an offensive le- weapon called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's an offensive weapon. You, when the enemy tells you a lie, you can go to work and say it is written. That's an offensive weapon. And you just rip him up. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's a two-mouthed sword. It's something you got to do, though. Amen. Let's all stand up. I'll let you go. Praise God. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.